Hey everybody, in this episode of Speak on Sneaks, I'll be breaking down the history of the Air Jordan 1. Hey everybody, in this episode of Speak on Sneaks, I'll be breaking down the history of the Air Jordan 1 in my first episode of the History Of series. With this new series, I'll be breaking down the history of some of my favorite silhouettes, some of the most famous sneakers and sneaker culture and pop culture to this day. And I decided to start off with a shoe that everyone should be familiar with, the Air Jordan 1. So, allow me to set the scene. The year is 1984. At the time, Jordan just finished his third year at North Carolina. In his first season, he averaged 13 and a half points, his second season, 20, in his third 19 and a half and he served as a starter for all 101 games that he's played at north carolina you would see jordan play in converses and he was even on record saying the converse chuck taylors were some of his favorite shoes to play in but he also loved the Dieter brand now if you're wondering how did he end up with nike if he was already in love with these two other brands well that's because the two other brands weren't able to work with jordan converse was a footwear sponsor of the nba at the time and they were led by superstars Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Had Jordan tried to work a deal out with Converse, he'd have been overshadowed by the two superstars. And while Jordan loved Adidas, Adidas didn't feel as though a deal was possible. The big thing to remember is that Michael Jordan did not want to sign with Nike. As crazy as that sounds, he did not want to go with them. His agent at the time, David Falk, encouraged Michael to listen to Nike, who at the time was only known for their running shoes. Ultimately, it was Michael's parents that forced him to listen to Nike, and then Nike offered him a huge deal. They offered to make Jordan a brand, they offered him a ridiculous salary, shares of the company, and all sorts of other perks and benefits. A few months later, Jordan was drafted third overall in the 1984 draft and it was time to see if his college game would translate into the pros. At the time, Peter Moore was the lead designer for the Air Jordan 1, but it wasn't ready by the time the 1984-85 season kicked off. So, Nike ended up having Jordan play in a pair of airships. Now personally, I feel as though the creativity back then was kinda weak. If you really look at a picture of the airships next to a pair of Air Jordans, you'll notice few differences, but for the most part, the shoe stays the same. You can compare those two shoes to a Nike Dunk High and still find little differences from all three silhouettes. That's not to say that each of the shoes are the exact same, but they all draw heavy influence from one another. But who am I to diss one of the greatest sneakers of all time? As I said, Jordan started the 1984-85 season in a pair of airships, specifically the band colorway. And for those of you that don't know, the band colorway, also known as the bread colorway, was a black and red airship, not an Air Jordan, as we just established. Now, why was this black and red sneaker banned, or given the band name? Well, that was because at the time, the black and red sneaker went against the NBA's 51% rule. Now, the 51% rule was the NBA's rule that forced players to have a 51% white sneaker that was accented by the team's colors. And as I said to you, a black and red sneaker isn't exactly matching the Chicago Bulls white and red color scheme. This led to the NBA fining Michael Jordan $5,000 for each game that he wore the band kicks. Although the NBA was fining Jordan, 
Nike was backing their athlete and paying his fine at the time. They seen it as free advertising and publicity as the continuous fines drew everyone's attention. Since the airship looked like the Jordan 1, it made fans think that it was his first signature shoe and thus led to instant sellouts when the shoe was released that November. It also helped that he played full 82 games and averaged over 28 points. When Jordan signed Nike's deal initially, Nike had only planned to make three or four million dollars worth of sales, but in the first year, Nike made over 120 million dollars of sales alone on the Air Jordan 1. Everyone wanted to be like Mike. Now, we're treated to regular releases of the Air Jordan 1, whether it's in the low, mid, high, or even 85 cut at this point. It just goes to show you that everybody is still trying to be just like Mike. And this was the history of the Air Jordan 1. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Speak on Sneaks. And until next time, guys, peace out.